forever. Dog. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah. This is it. This is how a podcast starts. Uh, I'm going to go around and have you all introduce yourselves on the microphone. Tell us your name. Tell us uh, somewhere that the listener may have seen your name on their television, starting with you, Jihan. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Jihan uh, Crowther. Um, you won't see my name for another year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm currently writing on uh, Man in the High Castle and um, the Underground Railroad, both of which uh, should be coming out next year. Um, I'm a Ray U. Tarnatchet. I am currently a writer on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Um, and I have previously written on a show called Person of Interest and another show called The Tomorrow People. Right. I'm Jack Kenny, and um, you, if you're very old, you'll have seen my name for years. Um, if you watch reruns of Caroline in the City or Dave's <laughs> sure. World, Solid. where I started, but most recently it was Jessica Jones, season two, mm-hmm. and uh, first season Lemony Snicket, and... Um, if you blinked, you probably missed Kevin Probably Saves the World. <laughs> we talked a lot about it on this show, though. Oh, really? Yeah, Why? Yeah, who, yeah. who was on? Uh, the creator. We had the creator. Oh, oh Michelle and Tyler yeah. on? Yeah, oh, okay, cool. Uh, who yeah, are old so. friends and Jason's a pal. And oh, cool. Was, uh, so I can't say anything. I can't give any dirt on that. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Who, what dirt could you give? Well, it was I was delightful. fired. So. <laughs> Let's get into wow. it. <laughs> we need to hear some stories. You know, we yeah. haven't talked about being fired in about five years on this oh, show. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, I mean, look, we've all we been fired. Sure you know, it wasn't as, it, it's not as dramatic or exciting as it, it sounds. It never is. It, no, it just wasn't the right fit. And that's the first time I've ever been fired uh, in my career. And I've been doing this for since 94. Yeah. So I've been doing this for 24 years. But So you got away um, with it for a long time. I did. I did. <laughs> I, I think people just refused to pay me out. I think there's, you know what, that, I'm gonna, that fucker, I'm going to make him sit here and take my shit to, to, if he's going to take the money. But no, it was interesting. I, I, uh, I, I thought Michelle and Tara are both really sweet, really mm-hmm. nice ladies. Um, I think the show didn't know what it was. I think if it was a half-hour show, it would still be on the air. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, it was only one lead. I mean, it was excruciating to break <laughs> hour-long stories when you essentially have one guy's story, and he's living in a small town. And we're trying to figure out what the show is. So, it was, And I'm sure they would agree. I'm sure they'd say, yeah, that was, we were, we were mm-hmm. fucked. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just hard. And, and, so, and, and they had hired – I had also kind of under the assumption – Previous meetings and other situations, I was mistakenly under the assumption that I was going to be the number two, mm-hmm. and I was actually kind of number six, yeah. which uh, would have been fine if I'd known that going in, but it yeah. was weird to show up there and have all these other people kind of above me, and they were all really, really close friends. Oh, like, that's tough. They vacationed together. Oh, they spent yes. weekends together. They've been to each other's weddings, and that's great, but it was a. I, I don't handle that well. <laughs> I, I've never handled being the outsider. It's in, a tough in, thing to walk yeah. into. It really is. And some and it's people not are unusual either. Some people are great TV. at it. Yeah. Some people know how to pop right in sure. there and be. A, I've never been good at that. I always yeah. felt so. I'm sure that I brought plenty of baggage to the table. Yeah. Um, but in the end, of, at the end of the day, it just wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't getting. I went to them a couple times and said, "Guys, I don't. I don't know how to do my job here. Mm-hmm. I can't find." These stories, and they said, "Yeah, don't worry, neither can we." Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, they were more comfortable with the people that they knew because they didn't really replace me with anybody. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. they just—I I, I was there for twelve weeks or so. In in eleven, twelve weeks, we broke five and a half stories. 
Yeah. That's a long, That's a long time, time to break five. And yeah. If it takes you that long, there's something inherently wrong with the show. Yeah. yeah. There's some. The machine element. is broken. Yeah. yeah. Machine yeah. is broken because the you, you, you can't break there. a story yeah. in three days. Yeah. You throw it out. Yeah. You know, much less yeah. two weeks. Yeah. So that was an issue, and, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It, the other interesting thing about that project, it was. It was picked up so last minute. Yeah. They pitched it last minute. ABC bought it like their last thing. They shot it really quickly. The director didn't even shoot a fourth yeah. of it because he had an emergency happen and left town. Yeah. They replaced Cristela Alonso, the, the second lead. Mm -hmm. yeah. They replaced her in the pilot. There were so many things about that show that were like red flags yeah. that to, to, to Michelle and, and Michelle and Tara, to their credit, said, yeah, we're kind of – Shot. When I met oh, with them to be on it, they said, listen, we don't think this is going to go. We're pretty sure <laughs> it's not going to go. And the show the previous year, The Death of Ava Sofia Valdez, yeah. Yeah. we were all certain was going yes. to go. Yeah. Because it was right. fucking brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant and you beautiful. It was yeah. great. And this one, they thought, nah, no check. <laughs> and I go, so we were always on a treadmill that was going faster than we could run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it was just one of those things. And I think they felt like, you know, rather than try to – Jack's frustrated – uh, he and we're frustrated because he's frustrated. Let's let's let him go. They were really nice about it. Yeah. They paid me out. They they put my name on on a script. That's great. Uh, that that yeah. I had only broken the outline for. So they were really That's generous and sweet about absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, and then they shut down for two weeks. Yeah. They were behind. And, yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, it, it was, was troubled. And everybody was so nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know. So the, in some ways, no that's Andrew a good Christ situation. Right? Yeah. Like it's the best way to get fired. And, you know, right. Yeah. Um, I want to ask about this uh, sort of walking into a show where people are established as a group already. I mean, mm -hmm. did you have that this year, Jihan, with, with uh, Man in the High, High Castle? Castle? Yeah. Um, most of the people had been with the show for a few years. Um, and yeah. one in particular had been from sort of the ground up. Like, he'd actually worked um, developing it wow. with um, Philip K. Dick's company. And so I went in um, – it was me and two other people who were new, so I felt like, okay, I'm not the only kid, like, first new kid at school. Right. But, um, but yeah, it was a lot of sort of just getting adjusted to the room and everyone else and then understanding those dynamics. But I will say they were also the most incredibly welcoming, wanting That's to make good. sure we all felt like a team together, wow. that it didn't sort of feel like um, new kids versus older kids at mm -hmm. all. It just felt like, okay, we're all just, like, starting fresh together. And they ended up – they have been so far just really great kind of um, sources of information information about the show like it's a very dense show and I was a fan of the show before okay. I got hired which was amazing I can remember when my agents were like oh we're sending you up for Man in the High Castle I'm like oh what <laughs> that's the best right it's the a show I actually love yeah I'm just like oh my god I'm so nervous so who's running great. it who's running it now who's um, running yeah, when, when you oh yeah up. David Scarpa and mm -hmm. um, who did um, oh gosh I'm forgetting his movie that just came out I, sorry I, David I know somebody on it uh, um, an upper level an upper level and I, oh, okay, well maybe uh, Dan Percival. He's no. um, they're the co-show runners. I know somebody who was on Dexter, and who was on in the Marvel. I, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to look That's it up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mark Richard. No. Uh, <laughs> Julie Bear. I know that name, but no, it's a guy. Continue telling your story. So I want to ask about, and Ray, maybe you've had this experience too, coming into some of these shows which have been up and running for a while, learning the language of breaking story in that room because it's mm -hmm. different from room to room though obviously there are similarities so yeah 
when you came into Man in the High Castle, mm-hmm. clearly there people had been there before, yeah. and as welcoming as they may be yeah. personally, yeah. there's sort of the professional side, which is like, how do we tell a story on this show? Had they figured it out? Were they able to walk it through you? Was it clear to you what the target was? Yeah, it became clear. Like there were a lot of. Um, like they had been uh, sort of off for about two years making mm-hmm. this like the new season that's coming out this fall. So there's a lot of um, just sort of major planning that kind of happened even before we arrived, sure. which is great. And so um, they just kind of caught us up to speed. Like the first week was just them saying like, here's like, first of all, here is all of season three. And wow. like, here's all the mythology. Here are all the Bibles. And I was like... Okay, okay, great. Yeah, and I was just like, I already know this show. I was like, I don't know. I don't know this show at all. (laughs) There's so much, you know. And and so they spent really the first couple of days just sort of getting us up to speed as far as like this is where we're starting and these are the sort of points that we are kind of working towards. Mm -hmm. And um, we just sort of like dove in and it was a lot of kind of learning by watching Mm -hmm. and observing. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were very kind of open to – it's one of these rooms where it's a very egalitarian where best pitch wins. So I didn't feel like – like, oh, I'm like the sort of baby writer here. Like, I can't kind of say Good. anything, which is great. great. And I've been lucky. All of my rooms have been that way. Like, yeah. I felt like I could pitch. And even in the interview, I told them, I was just like, the last two rooms, I could kind of say whatever I liked. I hope that's all right <laughs> with you. And so, that's and that's amazing. like how I gained confidence in pitching. I feel like that's yeah. so great to have those experiences early on. And so it was um, helpful to kind of then explain like why my pitch wasn't working necessarily yeah, interesting. <laughs> for like sort of wild things where like, well, no, that character probably wouldn't. I'm like, oh, okay, yes, no, 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 that makes sense. Because well, I was just coming in really just as like... Better to say things like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 What is it? Somebody said you you make a hundred, you you miss a hundred percent of shots you don't take. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which so, is, To yeah. get it out there it and really that you were great. in a good environment where they could give feedback. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's good they were, I mean, I've been in rooms where like you'll pitch something and then you'll see people turn to each other and like whisper and like, oh my God. <gasps> oh, oh my gosh. Gosh. I would, yeah. no. Yeah. I don't, if you're listening <laughs> and you do that, stop it. Yeah. yeah. Don't do that to anybody. Don't do that. That, there's nothing that will break a new writer's spirit. Yeah. Hey, like yeah. hey, break an old writer's spirit. Or any writer's spirit. No, it's spirit. terrible to feel like people are, I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. We're all in here trying. Plus, you shut down what could have been your next brilliant idea yeah. right. that saved that the lead, episode. It leads right. to something else. You're yes, right. it right. always leads to something so, else. So, Ray, yeah. faced with that, especially as a new writer, what do you what do? You do? Um, you know, you really, really what you, the best thing you could do is keep pitching. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think um, the best advice I've ever gotten um, for, in a writer's room was that like, you know, your ideas are going to get shot down. I mean, they're all going to get, mm-hmm. shot, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of them shot down. Um, even if you think they're brilliant or whatever, but yeah. like, just keep pitching because the worst thing to do is I think get scared mm-hmm. and shut down. And all of a sudden, like you're not contributing and that, you know what I mean? I think yeah. it just can spiral from there. And also um, if you're, if you're doing that, and you're feeling like you're missing, missing, missing. Sit down with the showrunner and go, hey, help me. Yeah. Uh, I mm-hmm. want to keep pitching ideas. I don't want to shut down. Yeah. Point me in the direction or at least tell me what it is I'm doing that's not working. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think I yeah. think on the, what you're saying, um, find a writer on staff who you do get along with very mm-hmm. well, who mm-hmm. you seem to connect with. And, you know, you can sit down with them in, in, in their office and just say, hey, so I feel like I'm having an issue. I'm having problems. Is there what can I do? Do you have any suggestions? I think that's a great idea to be proactive about yeah. about mm-hmm. what you think you're what you're having trouble with, as opposed to like yeah. sitting and stewing and then going home and like complaining. Right. Um, I think it, yeah, I think anything you could do to try to make your 
job, you know, do do better at your job, I think is a, is a although, good thing. Although I will say going home and complaining is a lovely relief. <laughs> well, I feel like going home and complaining is going to happen no matter what. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So. As long as you keep it in the home, that's good. Um, it was Rick Cleveland. Is, uh, a friend. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, was he not that... there when you were there? Mm-mm, okay. No. He was there for first, maybe first, maybe second season, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm on the fourth season, so I'm Is a it fourth? Yeah, we're working on, yeah. So you're an Amazon man. I know, I know. Everything goes, I'm telling you, it's all so fast. Uh, Jack, you have run shows. Uh, I'm curious to hear about, uh, along these same lines, what are mistakes that you see young writers make? Uh, People who are new to a writer's Um, room. Well, uh, it's, you know, of course you see the gamut. I see writers (laughs) who are afraid to to pitch. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll see a a writer who's afraid to, to, to ask uh, what's well, what am I doing wrong? Seriously, yeah. mm-hmm. I've had several instances of writers. I wish they would just come to me. And sometimes you don't want, to, and I don't necessarily want to go to them because mm-hmm. they may not think they're doing something wrong, and that well, can that, make it worse. Yeah, yeah. that's my question. Yeah. Like, so I imagine that that is frequently the case. They I'm, don't realize that they're. Doing and I usually wrong. see. I usually bring writers up mm-hmm. from PA to writer assistant, script coordinator, coordinator and staff. That's how my I almost always track it. So. By the time they get to the chair, they know they know right. the gig. They know how the way they should be behaving. Right. But I also, I've run into a couple instances where I had I've had to tell writers, you need to chill. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to talk anytime there's an open space. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know, silence is okay. Yeah. We're thinking. Yeah. It's but don't mm-hmm. panic. Don't worry and don't just talk because sometimes we need that silence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but you know. No, so, you're right. So it's just by both ends of the gamut. People who don't talk at all, but, but mostly it's just. Uh, just don't be afraid to ask. The mm. most important thing I, I tell young writers is you don't get any points for doing it alone. Yeah. You get zero points. If you just because you write the script by yourself, no points. You get points if the script is fabulous, and I don't care if Jesus Christ helped you write yeah. it. Yeah. No, no, no. But <laughs> ask for help. Yeah. Ask, yeah. ask other writers, yeah. ask upper level, ask the showrunner, ask for help, because mm-hmm. a lot of young writers don't want to. Yeah. They're like, no, no, I got to do this on my own. I got to do it fast. No. Right. You only get points if it's good. Yeah, you don't get points. and it That's is a, a team sport. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, I think, that it's something that definitely going into a room, like you get a lot of advice. Like before I even got my first jobs, I was asking a lot of friends, like, "What do I do?" And mm-hmm. and a lot of them are, and it's all based, of course, on their own experiences. Were like, "Don't bother the showrunner. <laughs> You're there to make the showrunner's job easier. If you don't know, just like kind of figure it out and just kind of you know sort of be quiet. A lot <laughs> of talk, like you're not you're the last person to talk. Like a lot of these <laughs> sort of things that. I found were not true in my experiences, but I think are have been in other people. So yeah. I think sometimes like baby writers probably come in feeling a bit like, I know I'm not really supposed to talk. Hmm. Maybe people aren't supposed to see me and I'm not supposed to mess up and I have to prove myself and I have to do this all on my own. And maybe it's different for people who come through programs. Maybe they learn mm-hmm. something differently. But I know remember thinking that like, okay, like I'm just supposed to be here and quiet and just wait until mm-hmm. like yeah. somebody else can't figure something out and maybe I have an idea and that interesting yeah and so that was like my approach going in and it turned out to be the wrong what was sort of wrong for the rooms I was in which is great and, and like every, I'm more of like yeah. a I rather just ask a question and it be yeah. wrong which yeah. but that's not everybody's personality but every, every experience is very different right. too you have to yeah. gauge the show right my first job the second year of my first job as a new showrunner, and he actually put a sign on his door that said, please don't look at me with puppy dog eyes. I haven't read your script yet. I'll let you know when I have. <laughs> Which is kind oh of shitty. God. That is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of an asshole. Yeah. And, yeah. But then, you know, you got to read the room. You right. Know? right. Well, and that's the thing, and we talk about this every once in a while, that 
it's something that can't really be learned uh, or it's something that can't be taught, I guess. Yeah. It's something you learn by just doing it yeah. and yeah. every room is different. Um, yeah. Ray, were you a writer's assistant on Person of Interest? Yeah, I mean, how I came up was I actually came up through becoming a writer's assistant on, on various shows and then yeah. on Person of Interest specifically, I was hired to be a script coordinator. Okay. Um, and then for so that first season, I was a, whole, a script coordinator for that whole season, but I was able to get a freelance Mm -hmm. um, out of that script. And at this point I had been, you know, I'd been through a bunch of programs. I'd been in the Warner brothers program or, oh, okay. or variation of it at the time. Um, and so when I wrote my freelance, a lot of people at Warner brothers, the, the executives already knew who I was. They saw my name come across <laughs> their desks and I was getting congratulatory <laughs> emails. Um, and then through the help of sort of like, you know, alumni money through the program, they were able to finance a, a second year uh, for second season put me on staff that's great and that's how I and that's how I um, got onto that but yeah I mean I think along with what you guys are saying I mean, every room is so different I mean from person of interest to from the tomorrow people to yeah. you know I mean was, I was actually people did, like Chris Fisher um, he, Chris Fisher was a producing director on it yeah yeah and he's he started off as a one of the directors and he became a producing mm -hmm. director he's, he's great he's, he's great he's got a great motorcycle helmet too <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. Um, but I also you know like for example um, I also did freelances on The Flash I did yeah. a freelance script on Supergirl last year and like just being in those different rooms yeah. even though we're all the same DC superhero family they are run yeah. like night and day depending on who is the showrunner um, and who, who's in the room and all that stuff I mean you just and you have to come in and you sort of like, how are they telling stories? How do they tell stories here? How do they break stories yeah. here? Mm -hmm. And who's like, you know, whose voice are we, who really has a deciding vote in this room? You know, you sort of like figured all that stuff out and um, you want to be sort of positive and, and keep pushing forward and, and not be afraid to speak up. But mm -hmm. you also have to be like, you know, what, like yeah. what flies in this room and what doesn't. Yeah. You have like, to be like the Terminator, like yeah. looking for <laughs> sort of marking where everybody yeah. is and yeah. who's talking and who's in charge, but exactly. who's really yeah. in charge. It's yeah, the and, hardest and, job in any room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the terms yeah. are different. I mean, like I'm just, you know, my show uh, Legends of Tomorrow is essentially a comedy at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and... You know, I think on Supergirl, I would I would probably have, I, I don't know specifically, but I think I'm pretty sure I was pitching ideas they thought were like, you know, this is not a comedy, Ray. So, <laughs> uh, you know. But Taco, we were talking a little bit uh, earlier before we started rolling about what a functional room Legends of Tomorrow is. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? And then I want to ask about your Yeah, rooms. I mean, I think it's um, I think it's all from the top down. I mean, uh, you know, right now our showrunners are uh, Phil Klemmer and Keto Shimizu. Um, and Mark Guggenheim actually was um, very involved the first three seasons yeah. and he's taken his seat back. But, um, you know, uh, from top down, I mean, you know, it, 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 the showrunner kind of dictates how the, the tone of the room a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And Phil is super mellow. I mean, I've worked with him on a couple shows at this point and um, he's very encouraging. He's very warm. He's very, um, you know, he's very uh, giving and he's just encourages a lot of um, sort of interplay and conversations with with um, all the writers on every level. And so you never feel like you're afraid to speak in that room. And I think that's right. very helpful. You know, I've been in, I've been in some other rooms where it's just like it's a little more it can be intimidating depending on who the showrunner is. And <laughs> it's not as warm, um, you know, it, I, and I've worked on a lot of shows as a writer's assistant, too, and just seen that, mm -hmm. you know, because that's how I sort of my advice was the advice I learned being in the room as mm -hmm. a writer's assistant, as a coordinator, just seeing how other writers had screwed up or how other writers were succeeding. And I kind of try to you use that as my guidepost. Sure. Mm -hmm. But even then, like as the, the second, like as soon as that second season hit on personal interest and I sat at that table as a writer, 
it was still completely different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything I learned kind of just went out the window. <laughs> yeah. And it was like it was like jazz. Like you just have to improv and you're like making stuff up and you don't you're like, I thought yeah, I knew how to that. play yeah, yeah. I, I thought yeah. I knew how to play this song, but I I have no idea what is going on, you know. Um yeah. but you, you sort of like, you know, as long as you kind of keep your wits about you, I think you mm -hmm. can sort of figure it out. Yeah. Uh yeah. Jack, I want to come back to you. I mean, looking at the stuff that you've worked on, it looks like you started in kid stuff. Oh God! You're going way back With to that. Square One and Alex Mack. Oh, Alex Mack. Really? I loved it. I, <laughs> I loved, loved Alex it. Mack. Oh, God, Alex. Why? Yeah, I. I uh, Square One was my first job. I was still acting. Is that in right? New York. Yeah, and I had an audition for this new math series that they were starting called Square One, and they said bring in two monologues, and I thought, what the fuck am I going to bring in <laughs> about math? Launch from Two Gentlemen of Verona. Right. I mean, I'm not gonna. So I uh, uh, and I got. Uh, so I wrote two monologues for hmm. the audition. I wrote a wow. monologue about all of the odd numbers going on strike to protest their being called odd. Awesome. And <laughs> another one about the number zero who was in therapy because you know it just felt like it didn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah. And it was feels like and, nothing. Yeah, so it was nothing. So and and they after the end they said we don't want you as an actor, but do you want to write some? Huh. Wow. So I wrote like seven episodes of that, and then I went back to acting. That was '87. Is that and right? Then I went back to acting. And I thought, well, that was fun. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> got some money and now I want to go back to my, my dream. And then I didn't really do much until we came out. We moved out here in 91 and I was kicking around. And I didn't like acting in front of a camera. I found it boring. <laughs> a lot of waiting around, a lot yeah, of, you know, yeah. and no audience reaction unless sure. you're on a sitcom. So I started writing and hooked up with a writing partner. <laughs> um, so we sort of make each other work every day for five or six hours. And we had a friend doing Alex Mack. Well, first it was um, – um, Itsy Bitsy Spider. We did. Uh, we did. We wrote seven, seven or eight episodes of an animated series called oh Itsy God. Bitsy Spider. With I don't even remember. Who that. was the house mother on on the Facts of Life? Charlotte Ray. Charlotte Ray oh, was Charlotte the lead Ray. voice in Itsy Bitsy Spider. Oh, that's hilarious. Awesome. So we wrote for her, wrote for that show, and then we wrote for Alex Mack. My friend Ken Lipman, who is now the head mm -hmm. of production at Amazon, yeah. was was creating <laughs> Alex Mack with Tommy uh, Tommy somebody. Do, uh, no, I can't remember his last name. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and he has to write some scripts. I actually played a science teacher on that <laughs> nice. show as well. And uh, then that was our. And then we went in uh, uh, for an interview. We, we started writing specs, and I met a writer on Dave's World, yeah. uh, Marco uh, Panette, mm -hmm. and who's you know still he's on Mom now. Yeah. He's been around for a while too. And he, uh, I said to him, if if we if Brian and I write a spec Dave's World, will you give us notes on it? So we have a solid spec on the on the show. And he said, nobody wants to spec Dave's World. <laughs> okay, sure. So we wrote this spec Dave's World. We pitched him some ideas. He liked this idea. We wrote the spec. He gave us some notes. We took his notes. And he said, you know, guys, this is, really, this is a good script. Let me let me show it to Fred Barron, the creator, and see. Maybe I get you a meeting. Maybe he'll toss you a script. That's great. So, and this was when you could – there were more chances for freelance scripts. There was more chances for freelance yeah, scripts. And there hardly were, there were Somehow, yeah. because there were only four networks that doing scripted programming, but yeah. there were way fewer people that wanted to write. Yeah. And and um, we went in for that meeting, and I always tell this story to young writers, too. We were so prepared. <laughs> we had six story ideas, fully beaten out, fully broken, jokes, act breaks, wow. everything. We had yeah. the whole – we went in, and so they had read our script, and they said they really liked the script. And we said, thank you. And they said, you guys have any other thoughts for the show? <laughs> and we started. We said, well, we, Dave, Dave gets this old used Mustang, and he wants to do this. And like, oh, that's a, that's, that's a good idea. Anything else? Yeah, Dave wants to put it in a pool. Right? <laughs> and, and, and we went on and on and on. But, and by about idea four, they said, you're hired. Wow, you're That's hired amazing. today. Wow. Who do we call? That could have gone the other way. It, it could have, but yeah. but but. But so clearly, they had, saw you meant it. It wouldn't and have negated our preparation. Yeah, well, what, what my my moral hopefully is that 
you, you know, a lot of writers these days think that they've done their job by getting the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, I'm sure you know people like that. Yeah. And that's the job, and you don't, you haven't even done your job if you've gotten the job. Yes. You still have to yeah. step up. You have to be an idea machine. You said it earlier, right? Um, and I'm sure you know this as well. Maybe you said it, but every every job interview you ever have in any field for anything ever is how do I make the interviewer's life easier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How will my being here make your life yes. easier? And Idea Machine is yeah. the way you make. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, so yeah. so it's just something. But nobody they don't teach nobody teaches anybody. No, 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 no. 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 The, especially this little these little things. There's no way to learn that. Right. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say I have a friend who had a friend who would get meetings and not get jobs, and she was talking to my friend who was like, "How do you get every single job?" And she's like, "Oh, I prepare." She's like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> she's like, oh my What's gosh. She's like, "I do so much research on the show, on the showrunners." So I'm like, "I think about ideas." She's like, "She's like, I probably spend like a good twenty hours, probably total, preparing because yeah. I'm yeah. watching episodes." And her friend was like. What? And I was just like, oh, there's another mode? Yeah. It's like for everything, I'm like, gotta watch all the episodes, need to read about Why everything. Wouldn't you? I don't understand like how you roll you, in. There's a big wheelbarrow full of money waiting on the other side <laughs> yeah. of the seat. You think they're just gonna dump it in your car? Right. <laughs> because you showed up? Yeah. That's it's not this is not the price is right. Yeah. It's, it's and they and they don't they they don't do that. But yeah. and, and these days the other thing I say to classes is uh, if I'm speaking to like a USC class, mm-hmm. I'll say, Okay, who looked me up? Yeah. Who Googled me? I'm like, you know, five or six people raise mm-hmm. their hand. They go, you guys are fine. The rest of you are done for. Yeah. <laughs> I said, because you've already lost to them. Right. And there yes. ain't that many jobs. If you right. don't have the wherewithal to do that work. Yeah. Right. You and gotta it, be prepared. Yeah. You gotta, and, and there's so many opportunities. These days, I mean, in 91, there was no way to look anybody up. Yeah. Right. Now, <laughs> you can know everything you know everything. about me. You before, go to the Facebook page. And yeah. walk in, say yeah. something nice about something I've done. Yeah. Yes. That's, a good, that's a good step in the right yeah. direction. That's a perfect opener. I still do that. That's all we want, everyone. Yeah. I go into a meeting and I still say, hey, I loved yeah. that show you did. Oh, exactly. go, oh, thank you. That's right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. what did, you, did you see it? Yeah. yeah, I looked it up on YouTube. Like, oh, yeah. God, thanks. I appreciate that. Listen, you People... think it was a mistake I brought up square one? <laughs> 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 yes, except that you were like two when square on. one was on. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Everlane. Getting dressed doesn't have to be complicated. And Everlane makes it really simple. They go to the best ethical factories, they produce premium products, and they sell them directly to you or me without traditional markups. Do you ever feel like you pay a lot for crappy quality? Don't be a sucker. Use Everlane where that doesn't happen. Plus, their stuff is really good. I'm wearing some pants right now from Everlane. I'm not just bragging about wearing pants. Um, listen, I like Everlane a lot, for real. Um, we make a lot of fun on this show, but uh, Everlane has really good products, uh, and they're super easy to use. And it's not, it's also, I'll say this, like, the, this isn't one of their talking points, but I find it to be a talking point, that, like, you go to a lot of these sites where you can order clothes, and there's just too much stuff, and it's a pain. I'm a busy person-ish, uh, and it's a pain to scroll through all that and find something that not just is your style, but then you have to, is it your size and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Everlane has a really well curated collection of clothing and it was easy to find stuff that I like, um, including these corduroy pants I'm wearing right now. Um, they make premium essentials using the finest materials, no traditional markups. They want you to know what you're paying for and why they're very transparent about their process, uh, from the materials they use to the ethical factories they work with. And all that information is on their website. 
Uh, you can get t-shirts, stuff like that. Simple, stylish, made from quality materials. Personally, uh, I picked up um, a few pairs of pants, which I really like. And I've mentioned uh, this before, but I am shaped like a weird giraffe. And I'm like 90% leg, 10% neck. <laughs> I'm going to say 5% neck and 5% torso. Uh, so it's hard to find pants that uh, fit me well and actually look good. And the pants I bought from Everlane, the corduroys, I got some jeans uh, and I got some uh, slacks. All of them fit really well. They're really comfortable. Um, they're also washable. Like that's kind of a pain when you get stuff and it's not like you can't just throw it in with the rest of your clothes. You can do that. Highly recommended. Check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash panel, P-A-N-E-L, and you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com slash panel, everlane.com slash panel. Thank you, Everlane, for sp your sponsorship and for your pants. But but that's absolutely true. Like you yeah. you yeah. put in the work, you right? Do the you do you do the homework and um, recognize that everybody likes to be recognized. That's the, yeah. the, you know, people yeah. like to yeah. talk about themselves. Sandwich. Yeah, people and like it, to yeah. talk about themselves. The compliment people like yeah. to talk about themselves. They but do. and it's not it's not sucking up. Like there's no. a natural no, way to do this. Yeah, yeah. 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 don't, don't walk in and say interest. I love your show right. if you hated it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask that of all of you. You know, we are often sent in for shows, uh, for staffing on shows, and you've all staffed on shows that maybe you're not so interested in. Mm -hmm. well, how do those meetings go? <laughs> Veterans. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever really interviewed for a show I didn't want to be on because I always needed to work. Yes. Um, but I think well, that's you, the first you always, thing, right? I mean, but, so, yeah. yeah, but I do think, um, I do think, uh, you know, there, it's, a, it's kind of a small town in the sense that a lot of people know other people. Yeah. Yes. And I think if you give a very, if you throw the interview just because you feel like you're not into the show, I think that people will talk. That showrunner will be yeah. like, you know, Jack will be like, hey, who are you meeting with again? That Ray guy? Oh, you know what? I met with him and he wasn't, yeah. I don't know, I didn't really like him. I mean, that can, so you don't ever want to like no. not be interested. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think you always want to give um, your 110% to every interview. Mm -hmm. um, and in your heart, maybe you keep it to yourself and then you pick another job when you when it's offered to you. <laughs> right. But you I don't get the know if you ever want to, right? I don't, am I wrong? Yeah. I don't know. No, you, just keep it, oh, you can always make something work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you don't, if you don't love it, you'll you'll grow to love it. Or I mean, that's the job, right? Yeah. yeah. But your job, the job is you, you're not going to love every show you get. It's impossible. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, you, you know, find you know. the thing you to, find the to thing. respond to, and yeah. maybe it's find. the people, and maybe it's the show. It's and way, maybe it's, I way yeah. will, I would way more work yeah. on a show that I didn't like with great people yeah, than a show that I loved with <laughs> awful people. And yes. I had both of those experiences. <laughs> and I, I, I have had the gamut yes. of all that, and, and believe, I'd way rather be on the other one. It yeah. makes a lot of sense. And, and you I, can find something yeah. to love. I think you can find something to love on any thing. On any level. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's just like a character or just like a thing. Right. Yeah. At the very least, you're yeah. like, okay, well, I get free lunch. Like, yeah. right. Which is like, thing, I'm stuck always with You can also say, hey, I could make this better. Yeah. Yes. Maybe I'll make this something I like. Maybe yeah. I right. can write into I mean, that's the way. I've always approached it as like, look, I'm just going to write the hell out of this. Yeah. I'm going to make this yeah. really good. How that do I make some exciting. jokes that I want to yeah. that I want to put yeah. in yeah. here? Maybe yeah. they get through. Um, are you all finding the um, when you work on other people's shows? Are you finding the opportunity to tell stories that are meaningful or personal to you? I yeah, I I feel like I've been able to like I've been able to pitch things that were sort of close to me and um, <clears throat> excuse me and kind of develop that sorry <laughs> getting over a cold um, and I feel kind of lucky that I've been able to and usually I try to find things that obviously are working within the framework of the show mm -hmm. and usually it's like oh I like we're trying to figure this thing out I have a 
experience something like this. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, this or that? And so sometimes that'll work. Can you give me an example? Can you think um, of anything from the past couple of years? Um, let's see. I think the first thing I can think of is, um, and I was actually, I was a writer's assistant on um, Here and Now, Alan Ball's um, mm-hmm. most recent show. And um, I was very much like not trying to be the kind of writer's assistant that's trying to pitch. <laughs> and so, um, but I had like an idea for something and I told one of the other writers and she was like, oh, and then she asked the room, like, is it okay if Jihan pitches this? And so they were trying to figure out one of the characters and I, and um, all, of the, all of the adult children were adopted. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, what if... This the black one is from Liberia, which is where my mom's from. Because hmm. we we're trying to find um, like a foreign country, and like another writer was like, "But it'd be nice to sort of have like the sort of history of like American black people." And I'm like, "Liberia does both." And mm-hmm. so I prepared a whole pitch, and wow. like I came in and pitched it, and they were like, "This might work." And I was like, That's "And they're amazing. like, tell me more." And so I told them a few stories on how she could have been adopted, and just based on my wow. own sort of cousins and just stories that I'd heard. Sure. And it ended up he ended up going with that, which was so. First of all, so exciting because, I mean, Alan Ball, like even in my interview, (laughs) I was like, I'm going to barf, I'm going to barf, I'm going to barf, I'm so excited. And so it was really exciting to have that be picked up. And I felt like, okay, but it took like sort of steps to go through. And I came in so prepared. I'm like, any question they might ask me, I've got it, (laughs) you know, and I think that was what was was really wonderful. That's awesome. Ray, what am I? Well, you know, I mean, all my shows have been a lot, you know, superhero or sci-fi and um, but you know, there are always stories about people, you know? Um, and I know, I remember this one time on the tomorrow people, like, you know, I, I don't have superpowers myself, but it was a show about, uh, these, you know, 20 you're, something. You're saying that a lot. You're really <laughs> denying it. Yeah. I, yeah. A little too much. I'll, show, I'll give you a demonstration later. You know? Um, but you know, there was this one scene where like this couple was fighting and, mm-hmm. you know, I, at the time I was having, um, you know, my wife and I were having some problems and like, I was like, Oh, I can write this scene, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was a great argument between. Uh, this couple, you know, this guy wanted to do one thing and the the woman wanted to do another. And I was like, I can write this. I know how this sounds because yeah. I've been through this all week, you know, yeah. and it ended up being a really emotional scene. I was on set for it. It made me cry because everyone's wow. like, why are you crying? Right? <laughs> like, you know, but That's little did anyone know that it was really about my life that I was writing about. But, you know, the context was completely different, right. you know. Mm-hmm. But the but emotions were yourself. very the same, very yeah, much the same. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, um, so there's things like yeah. that. You could you can find moments like that in your writing. You're like, oh, I I know what this is. I right. know what this sounds like. The know? human yeah. way in. And yeah, the, the human way, way in. in. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, Jack. What about you? Uh, I I would I would have to second it. I think I don't think I've ever written anything that didn't resonate with me personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find a way. It's just, like you're saying. It doesn't have to be the exact story. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily. But you know, I I will write almost everything I write is something that I'm living or have lived or know someone who's lived it. Um, and that's not a rule of mine. It just sort of happens to happen mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I find that – I find that, and I also find in a room when you're talking about what happened last night or what yeah. happened you – know, you, things yeah. come out and you go, oh, wait a minute. That might work for Jessica to if she's like – you know, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. I've been in I, – I was in one room recently where you were not allowed to talk about anything but the show. That really? was it. Yeah. How, how? Only experience I've ever had being in a room like that. And it was very bizarre. Long periods of silence. <laughs> not good silence. No. Not good not good thinking silence. Oh, no. Silence of silence. So of, strange. It was very strange. I've never had that experience was before. Was it was the idea explained to everyone? Like yeah, here's it was we said, want to stay on task. We were told that. Stay on task. Don't don't go off. Don't want tangents. We don't want tangents in here. And it was really hard. Yeah. Tangents really is where the good stuff comes yeah. from. Yeah. Or at least it frees your mind up to suddenly think, exactly. about, hey, what about if, you know, right. you suddenly get an idea. But yeah. It's like but, taking a walk. Yeah, yeah your, exactly. Your mind exactly. is freed We're walk, just walking around the room when you're yeah. working at home. But I I, uh, I was kind of shocked at that. And it was, 
And I think we still you know, did good work, but it was just so excruciatingly hard. Yeah. I'm not drunk. I'm just tired. <laughs> excruciatingly hard. Um, uh, but uh, it was, but, my, but yeah, so everything, every idea that I pitch, I, I, I'll just say, yeah, you know, Michael, my husband really loves molasses crinkles. And here's the thing about molasses. He likes them chewy and other people like them a little crunchy. And, then, and all of a sudden, that, that's, that's in a script. That's an episode. Script. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a way to work that into a script that's or funny, you know, yeah. even a drama or a, a superhero show. You know? yeah. And I've pl- written them all. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask, I mean, you we were talking sort of about the shows that you had done, and you went from this kid stuff to Dave's World seemed like a breakthrough to more comedy stuff, and you were on Caroline in the City. Yeah. Uh, you created or co-created Titus? Co-created Titus with my partner. Oh my and uh, Yeah. We, you no, weren't Titus. alive when Titus was on. <laughs> Will you stop? It you wasn't that long TV. ago. I love, I love Lucy. You know, Titus, <laughs> Titus is so strange. That we did 54 episodes of that show yeah, that wow. have never aired anywhere ever again. No, I remember when it was on forever. They won't. They won't sell it. They won't syndicate it. They. Uh, I think That's they so had an strange. issue with with uh, with Chris. Oh man! And um, so they're being kind of assholes about it. But yeah. it's a shame because they could make their money and people. And it's, right. The show kind of holds up. But yeah, I did. After Titus, which was tough for 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 us for Brian and I, Brian who. Brian, my writing partner, who was married to David Hyde Pierce, mm-hmm. uh, realized he was rich. And, and didn't, done with this. Yeah, didn't have to take notes anymore. Good for him. And he, said, he said, I've got about two more years in me, and then I'm out. That's I said, awesome. okay. And so we were, we were developing things, and we worked at Wanda at Large for a while. Oh, yeah. And that was another bizarre experience. But um, um, uh, I, I thought I better write something. Uh, on my own that that take that gets people's attention, mm-hmm. and and I I was see the writing. This was two thousand and four, and I could see the writing on the wall that I had sit, half hours were on their way out. Mm-hmm. Sitcoms were were, were going to be few and, and far between, wow. and so I wrote an hour long dramedy uh, called The Book of Daniel um, that was about an Episcopal priest who was addicted to Vicodin and mm-hmm. had a very dysfunctional family and and talked to Jesus. Which was my big mistake. Don't put Jesus in no. your script. <laughs> Do not, that was not the put Jesus in your script. There's a whole big bunch of people who don't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, especially you know, on it, network. Yeah, it was yeah. NBC. It was yeah. NBC, so no. we were in trouble. But um, that script got me, and I didn't write it to get shot. Mm-hmm. I wrote it as a sample to show right. people that I could write on my own, and here's what I could do. And right. it got it, sort it, of a it, reintroduction. Yeah, to the and it kind of it kind of shot me into the hour long world in a really good That's way, so and. And did that, and even though people, even though it only went four episodes and then got canceled, mm-hmm. it it people respected it because mm-hmm. of what it was doing and how yeah. how it played, and so it. they they all thank they, they, uh, well you did, thank you for yeah. remember I just really <laughs> no, you didn't right. say you liked it you just remember I don't remember <laughs> so me, I remember it was on the air it was on yeah <laughs> a, a, a plus um, but um, it's uh, it sort of changed changed the ball game for me and then mm-hmm. the strike happened. Oh, yeah. And then oh, I was, no. I, I got a development deal off of that, and then the strike happened. And oh. The deal fell apart. Oh, it went away after a year. So, oh. and then we came out of the deal. And we, nobody, writers were hated roundly by everybody. I was directing. I directed a bunch of episodes yeah. of sitcom on ABC Family, and then I, um, a, one of one of the guest stars on the sitcom was Eddie McClintock, was an old friend of mine from Holding the Baby, and he said, "Hey, my show just got picked up." At Warehouse Thirteen, and I said, "Oh, I read, I read that David Simpkins, who was who did a pass mm-hmm. on the pilot, it's a friend of mine." And he said, yeah. Um, I, so I called David and said, hey, congratulations. And just to really because he's a friend of mine, he said, mm-hmm. yeah, not so much. They're looking for a showrunner. They don't want me to run it. Huh. I said, oh, you know you know, an unemployed showrunner. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I finagled uh, myself a, a job interview there. And I just went in and pitched the way I would do it because I loved it. I saw it. And I went, this is Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. and yeah. Back to the Future. It's super fun. Show. This is your crossover show. This is the, for yeah. the people who are afraid of not being able to speak Klingon. Right. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and that's me. 
Yeah. And so I, I, that was the best job of my life. That oh, was the best great. professional experience of my life. Five years of pure joy. I've heard that oh. about that show from a bunch of people who have mm-hmm. worked on that show. That yeah, it was, was just a good experience. People were happy there. They were getting to make a show that was fun. And yeah. everyone sort of had a voice on it. Yeah, everybody had a voice. Every That's writer. It, it was a very, I mean, it's kind of the way, it's kind of how I really learned how to run a room after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And, how to, and how to say to the network and studio, we'll take a look at that and mean it. Yeah, because most writers say that as a big fuck you. <laughs> and, and I, I, I'm afraid, uh, yeah. somebody said that in this recent thing in Mumbai, we were talking to Amazon writers. They say, yeah, if you get a problem, just say to the studio. Yeah, we'll take a look at that. It's basically saying fuck off. Don't <laughs> don't do that. No. Right? They're, like they're paying partners. the bills, and yeah. it might be a good idea, or it might lead you to a good idea. Right. So yeah. think about it. Yeah, yeah. Think about there's right. something there. There's, there's a, a yeah. reason. It's a very saying. old trope that old, yeah. a lot of older writers have that the studio and the network are the enemy. Yeah. yeah, and they're really not. And if you treat them like that, then they will be. Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody's trying to make a good show yeah, I'm, right. I'm guessing yeah, yeah. and they're all like yeah. and it's, sometimes it's nice to have like an outside perspective because in the room it's kind of like a yeah. collective like yeah. psychosis to a certain degree you know yeah. where you just you don't have any perspective you're just in it together yeah, yeah. Right. I mean the biggest problem that I ever have with the network of studio is when they put, when they pitch solutions mm-hmm. no 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 don't, don't pitch your solution right. tell me what your problem is let me do the solution <laughs> right. but that's yeah, my yeah. job yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. if you're going to do the solution then you should run the yeah. show or right. I'll just be a consultant right. yeah yeah uh, I want to uh, start to wrap up by asking you oh, all sorry. what oh, um, I know it flies yeah. <laughs> uh, what have been some of the biggest challenges for you as writers throughout your uh, careers whether it's on the page whether it's in the room whether it's just getting a foot in the door uh, what have been the challenges uh, anyone who wants to jump in well I'll jump since since I've had far more of them <laughs> um, since I'm the old guy uh, and the, the most the biggest challenge recently for me has been uh, you know I just got let go from this show and I turned 60. And I am a white guy. And I, even though I'm not, I'm actually Cuban. My mother was born and raised in Cuba. I'm first generation, but I can't play that card. I mean, <laughs> that would be really, I, I, yeah, I would have to talk, walk in talking like my mother and say, you know, I, uh, I like to run a show like this. I, mean, I, can't, I can't get away with that. Well, that's how my mother, that's how my whole family talks. So oh, I, just, I just didn't grow up with the accent. Sure. Right. So I can't really Same. do that. I so, my parents' accent. Yeah. Is that yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. I'm, in, I'm in a bad, but you can't hide your ethnicity. That's true. I mean, it comes right. Know, just come to the door. Yeah. I, always, I always said the difference between gay and black is a black kid doesn't have to go home and explain to his parents that he's black. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but that's, that's a different situation. But um, so uh, recently it's been tough because – uh, it's very diversity driven, and white white guys white guys especially there's no interest in them, mm-hmm. and and um, so that's especially kind of, guys over fifty. Yeah, I would say yeah, mm-hmm. people of a certain age, and so it's been it's 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 tough in that in that that's the biggest challenge lately is how do I continue to remain relevant without seeming like I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to look like that idiot old guy who's trying to be hip. Right. Mm-hmm. I just I just have a lot of experience and I know what I'm yeah. doing. So hit, team me up with a hip person and I'll, <laughs> I'll make sure the trains run yeah. and they'll get their cool, you know, girls or whatever. So is that um, how you're finding your way around this? A little bit, yeah. A little bit I'm finding I'm finding working with, with uh, younger writers or... Uh, That's great. I've got a couple of projects with a couple of really exciting people that I'm, I'm, I'm mentoring and teaming up with and stuff. That's excellent. But that's been, I mean, honestly, just it's all a challenge, right? Yeah. Every every, right. New jo- every new job is a challenge. Every new day is a challenge. Just yeah. do what's in front of you. Say yes and keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I think my biggest challenge, and I think it's along the same lines, was like keeping it going, keeping the yeah. career going. I yeah. mean, I had worked for uh, on Purse of Interest. I worked, then I worked on the Tomorrow People. Um, and then Tomorrow People got canceled. And then I was out of work for over a year. Yeah. And that year was really, really hard. And I think it was like, how do I stay relevant? How do I um, 
keep people remembering my name? How do I not look too desperate or whatever? And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of it is for me, I found was, you know, trying to keep writing. I kept writing. I had, was coming up with new samples, staying positive, Mm -hmm. I think was a thing. I got very into yoga and meditating (laughs) that year. Um, but also I think, um, like you, you know people who are working and like stay in touch with those people and like yeah. go and meet other writers and yeah. network. I mean, I know so many writers who are, you know, mid-level, upper level and they're, mm-hmm. and they don't even, they don't go and meet any other writers anymore That's because they crazy. feel like they don't need to go to these networking things. And, you know, I'm one of those people where like, I, I feel like I have to keep meeting people because during that year was, that's what kept me alive. Cause, um, you know, that's when I got my fl- my freelance on The Flash was mm-hmm. like, you know, I stayed in touch with Greg Berlanti. I was emailing him. And, you know, that was back in the day when you actually emailed Greg. <laughs> he's too busy now. Um, and him and, 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 you know, and Andrew were able to, to throw me a freelance. Yeah. And then I met, I'm um, just going to like um, animation write-up meetup mm-hmm. groups. I met um, a gentleman named Jim Krieg, yeah. who oh, yeah. was amazing. And he was able to throw me some work. And so yeah. like little by little, I pieced together the year yeah. Um, and was able to pay my rent until right. the next game came along. Terrible. And it feels yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we've all been there. Yeah, and it's, it feels just it's 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 so hard. hard. It's hard, but I think you need to keep meeting people. I think you need to be open-minded. I think yeah. you need to like be upbeat and be someone that people want to work with. And, yeah. um, and I think just to you know sort of add a, a little bit to the idea of just keep meeting people, mm-hmm. like there's an honest way to do it and there's a way where you seem desperate for work. Yes, exactly. You know, yeah. Nobody wants to talk to the person no, who's no, yeah. desperate. You Even can't, your second so you question can't be like, what do you have for me? No. Right. But also I mean, you, you said writing, keep writing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Keep writing. writing is what and also yoga and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> no, helps. seriously, it doing, helps, I started yeah. I started playing the piano six months ago. I started taking lessons because wow. I thought, okay, I want to open my mind up. I want to get my mind working in another direction. Yeah. yeah. Because you never know what occurs. You never know what'll happen. If you have that, if you're not working, you have that time off. Use it for you know, right, absolutely. Right. But pick up, start a, start something, do something. Yeah, yeah. you know, Literally yeah, anything. that's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have- um, for me, I'm on the other um, sort of the beginning of things. So the hardest part was breaking in, really, yeah. um, which was really hard. I was a playwright in New York and um, in London for a bit too. I went to grad school there for years, and so it took me a while to finally really get up the courage to finally move out here to LA. And so, and I remember when I moved, everyone's like. You're going to be hired in no time. You're a woman, and you're black, <laughs> and you're a playwright. You're hired. And I was just like, I don't know if you guys know how things work yeah. for black people in this country. But, so, but it took you like – You'll get arrested driving to work. <laughs> yeah, but. arrested driving to work. But like yeah. are people handing out jobs because I'm black and a woman? So, I, um, so it took like years, and I applied for all of the programs. Like I'm so jealous hearing that you got into Warner Brothers. <laughs> just like years after – really genuinely year after year after year and just constantly writing and working a day job and trying to keep everything afloat and just trying to stay connected in some way to mm-hmm. other writers, which is really hard when you're sort of, you know, at a three-hour commute and it was like oh, a, wow. a sort of a nine to mm. seven kind of job. And so it was a lot of things happening. Three-hour commute. Yeah. It, I was in El Segundos where my job was and I live in Los Feliz. So it was just oh, like – wow. Yeah. So it was just like a daily oh, nightmare. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> wow. yeah. So it was just like a lot of sort of – it felt like a lot of sort of barriers and things. Yeah. But um, I just sort of felt like I know this is the thing I want to do. And at a certain point I was like – right you know, I sort of quit my job to try to temp and do these things. And I just remember thinking, like, I'm going to run out of money and have to move back home, but I don't know what else to do. And I I finally got a a random break that led to, which is just like, I had a personal essay that went viral and like I got a... Uh, agent Whoa. from that, and well, just I don't sort think of you like, hear that sentence very often. No, <laughs> I, need a I need to read this essay. essay. I know it was so strange, but like, if I just it, Google your name, it'll come up. I mean. it probably will. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'll just 
do it afterwards. But yeah, so it was very, um, it was a lot of hustle and a lot of, but in the meantime, meeting people. Because once that went viral, I had friends who had been wanting to work with me for years and were like, I'm going to send this to my agent. And mm-hmm. like that was the sure. beginning of that. Yeah. You had a calling but, card. Yeah. And so, and then I also then had my plays and also like right. all the specs I've been writing. So I, I arrived right. sort of fully prepared. You, yeah, That's you great. were ready. You, yeah, you ready. were ready. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, I want to be a writer and like, they don't write. I yeah. mean, and I well, look at their Instagram so feeds and they're like at a club on the, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many, I mean, I gave up years of my life trying to write. They don't want to be a star. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You got to yeah. put in the work. I yeah, think you there's really nothing work. else from this, yeah. from this episode. It's more yeah. than you expect to have to do. A, a, a lot more a than lot more. Like A lot of missing birthday parties and like just, yeah, it's hard. It's not, it's not fun, but it's good when you get there. Let's Let's wrap up as we always do by asking you all what you are watching on television television these days what's getting you excited or inspired what are you talking about with your rooms with your friends with your loved ones ray let's start with you and come around um actually my wife and i are really into castle rock right now pretty great i love it i think it's spooky i think it's beautiful um looking in i think the stories are just crazy i don't i have no idea what's gonna happen um in that episode the queen with sissy spacek oh my gosh i mean like episode of the year so far um in my book but i yeah we love castle rock that's a good one I'm obsessed with Killing Eve. Like I've wow. been obsessed with that writer, <laughs> so and um, yeah, I, I'm gonna rewatch it just for fun again. For fun. <laughs> I know this is so, so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one, Jack. What do you want to look at? My, I, there are so many. I, I've never even heard of Castle. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> But that doesn't mean that it isn't going to get an Emmy next week. Yeah, right, exactly. Because right. I can't There's keep so up. much out there. I can't so keep up. My, and, and yet, oddly, the most, the most, the first thing that pops to mind was Babylon Berlin. Oh, it's oh, great. Yeah, oh, that's so yeah. great. But a lot of people haven't seen it. It's in no. it the room. It's so, well, I bet you do. <laughs> I just bet you do. Because it's the other end of the spectrum. So. Yeah. But it's really, I thought it's brilliantly done. And yeah. we love, and of course, I watch Rachel Maddow every night so I can cry. Yeah. 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 And, um, it's too depressing. I can't, I actually can't watch too much dystopia. No. I can't. I can't no. watch Man in the High Castle because yeah. we're living it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I can't, I I can't watch Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, I can't. No, it's I tough. I, it, I know it's brilliant. I've seen, I saw the pilot was brilliant, but like yeah. I can't. Yeah. I, if I want to watch that, I'll watch CNN. Yeah, because yeah. it's happening. But uh, you want us to keep talking because nobody's out no, in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> I read the little sign language there. Um, and I, I do, like dystopia, know. actually. I like zombie stuff, especially. I get it. <laughs> L- listen, you're, no, you're, in the majority, because, you're in the vast majority. Well, a lot of people do. It makes me feel a little bit better. I'm like, well, at least we're not battling literal physical <laughs> monsters. Yet. Yes. Yet. Yes. Yes. We're like half a step away. I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, literally, every time then. something happens every day, I, don't, I won't drag us into politics. Um, but uh, the other one was um, we watched. Uh, it's interesting. I watched first season of Search Party and really loved oh, yeah. first season. Yeah. Did not like the second season. Really? Oh, really? It took a left turn into a dark, dark place, and oh, I didn't I like it. That. It grew. I love, the second season grew on. Me. Oh, did it? It took me I a few, I but I really liked it. And I'm loving Insecure. I'm loving oh, the so Black good. Sex in the best. City. Yeah. I love it's, it. It's fabulous. <laughs> well, come on, it is. Black Sex in the City. It's so much Ish. better. It's so much better. Sex in the City was great. You just don't remember. It was great. It was of its time. It was very much of its time. And in ten years, this will be other sure, yeah. sure. Thank you all for being here. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Ben. Thank you for listening to the Writers Panel. Tune in next Tuesday and every Tuesday for a brand new episode. And in the meantime, please subscribe and review the Writers Panel on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. And follow me on Twitter at Ben Blacker, just like it sounds. And let me know who you want to have on the show. The Writers Panel is a co-production of the Forever Dog Podcast Network and the ATX Television Festival. You can listen to more Forever Dog podcasts at foreverdogpodcast.com. 
and keep up with the ATX Fest throughout the year at atxfestival.com. Thank you, and see you next week. Well, you'll hear me next week. Thanks for subscribing. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.